All right, I've got a question for you right away, and I want to just ask this. When you see this sign on the freeway, what are you thinking? When you see this sign that's up behind me, what are you thinking when you see that right there? How fast can I go and not get a ticket? That's what I'm thinking. I am just focused on the top one, not the bottom one. I am thinking like, and I've heard this saying, eight, you're great, nine, you're mine. I've heard that. Like the police have this thinking like eight, you're great. So how, I'm going 78. I want to get there eight minutes faster. And if it's two hours, I want to get there 16 minutes faster or have time for a bathroom break, something like that. You know what I mean? I'm going as fast. That's what I'm thinking. I am never worried about the bottom one. Now I've had to swerve around people that are going close to the bottom one there. And you know, you're like, ah, oh, what are you thinking? You know, and I use a, some nice thing that I say about them that I'm glad they can't hear, you know. <laughs> but I, I, there's, that bottom one's there for a reason. And according to the National Motorist Association, studies have shown that the most likely, those that are most likely to get into an accident are the people that are going significantly below the speed limit. You know that? There's some men right now going, see, honey, I told you, you know. Like, <laughs> The slow people are the people that are probably, you know, really true, true. It, for every 10 miles an hour that you go below the speed limit, you are six times more likely to get into an accident. You cause accidents. That's what happens. People are going so slow. Matter of fact, going slow is so dangerous that states have now put in laws against going too slow on the freeway, there, in, the, in the state of Minnesota, there is a law, it's actually called the Slowpoke Law. Slowpoke Law, and you can get fined $125 if you are in the left lane of the freeway going too slow. Now, it does, now if you're going the speed limit, you're okay. Now it's for my mom, because she's like, I'm going the speed limit, the left lane is mine. And I'm like, mom, just move over, just move over. <laughs> There's people that want to go eight over and 20 over, yeah. But it is true. It is true that you, you, you can get a fine for this because it's going too slow. So today, I want to preach to you about the danger of going too slow. Not, not on the freeway. I'm talking about spiritually. I believe there are posted limits that the body of Christ should be moving in, that disciples of Jesus should be moving in. There are posted speed limits and, and we can go too fast and we can go too slow. And last year was a slower year for so many. It was, I was supposed to be in 14 countries, only made it to four and then everything, boom, slowed down. And, and, and I know for some, the essential services, they were working like crazy and especially the frontline workers, the doctors, the nurses, the police, the firefighters, all those that were frontline, ambulance. Can we show our appreciation again to them for all their hard work? Yes. But for most, it was going so slow. It was like we were going however fast you're going in life, eight over, 20 over, whatever it was, your life was going, all of a sudden slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. And you started to approach the lower limits and then we went below the limit. We went below the limit and it feels like you weren't just going 40. A lot of people in the last year pulled over at the road stop and they're at the road stop and they're there with their COVID dog doing a potty break, you know? Did you know that 
adopting pets went up 40% during COVID. 40%. It went up. You could barely find a dog anywhere or a cat anywhere. Now, crazy thing, just this week, just this week, the animal shelters are overrun. They have more animals than they can handle because people are like, now you can have them back. Yeah, I'm back. Rest stop was over. See, they realize it's true. They, you have to figure out if, you, if it's part of your family. Come on, keep the dog, keep the cat, figure it out. All right. But so many people are like pulled over at the rest stop with their COVID dog and they're doing a potty break and they're checking through their pocket, see if they have any more change, buy more Skittles because they haven't quite gained the COVID-19, you know, and they're just, yeah, you know, a lot of people are gaining weight. It's slowed down, slowed down, slowed down. And it's, it's dangerous to go too slow. It's also dangerous to go fast, but it's dangerous to go too slow. And there's, there's a time when you can go fast. Jesus said, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. There's gonna be a time when we all have to slow down, but right now it's daytime, we can go. Now, turn to me if you have your Bibles to 2 Samuel 11, verse, chapter 11, verse one. And we're gonna look at a story of someone that went too slow and it got him into all sorts of trouble. And I'm gonna read the passage of scripture. It's rather lengthy, uh, but it says, in, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, don't miss that, that's too important. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Reba, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. So David sent this word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. David was told Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, haven't you just come from the military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, the ark in Israel and Judah are staying in tents and my commander Job and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. He's like, they're so dedicated. I'm, I'm not gonna take any pleasure knowing that the men are there fighting the battle and I'm not gonna do it. And you can imagine David like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? In a time where I've lapsed in the most lack of integrity in my life, I'm meeting up with somebody that has the greatest integrity in their life. So then he gets him drunk. He thinks if I get him drunk, he'll forget. Even drunk Uriah has more integrity than sober David. He still doesn't go. He's like, oh, so what does David do? David figures out, he's like, all right. So he says, Uriah, go back to the battle. And he gives him a letter. In the letter, it tells Joab, to back off from Uriah and let this guy die. Crazy what is going on in this situation. When you, when you think of this, it's just unbelievable what's going on. So Joab does, backs off, he dies. And then Bathsheba grieves over it. 
And then David, after she's done with her grieving, he marries her. And then the most, like, one of the most understated verses in the Bible, 2 Samuel eleven twenty seven. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. You think? Now, a couple of things here. It was contrary to custom for the king to stay back. When the kings went out to war, it was usually in the springtime, when their uh, horses could eat things and the men wouldn't freeze and it was just, it was the right time to go out and it was just traditional. That's when they went out. He doesn't have any problems at home that he has to do with. He's supposed to be out there advancing the kingdom. It was contrary to custom and he slows down and goes below the posted speed limit. Contrary to custom, many of us slowed way down. Contrary to custom, many of us slowed way below the posted speed limit. See, you don't see this, it's not in the text, but David could work from home. He had an iPad, he zoomed into his meetings. He, didn't, he just lived in sweats the whole time. I get that picture of him. I get that picture of somebody that should have been off fighting, but hasn't even changed into his battle gear. He's just staying in his sweats. And I, I said to Becca early on in COVID, we should have invested in Lululemon. I mean, like the, 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 nobody, you know, nobody even knows how to dress up anymore, you know? And, and he should have been, but he wasn't. And I get this picture of him like napping in the day and then getting like offset, like he's napping, he's sleeping. And then he gets up from his bed at night. It wasn't like middle of the night. It was like time for people to go to bed and he's getting up because he's, not doing what he's supposed to be doing. And he's bored, he's bored. And in this moment, he, he, the devil has big plans for somebody that's bored. And it's crazy, when David was being chased down by Saul, he's like so close to God. And when he has battles, he's so close to God. And when he's going fast, when he's going like eight above, whatever the speed that posted speed that kings are supposed to be running at, when, when he's going at that level, even though it looks bad in his life, it's good in his life. And God's so close in the midst of so much tragedy and Jesus is just like right there for him. God's right there for him. And David's like, you know, so close. And now he's bored. Now he's bored. There's a saying, idle hands become the devil's workshop. And it's actually in the Bible, in the living Bible translation. You know, some are like, is that in there? Yeah, it is. Proverbs 16, 27, the living Bible, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Idle lips are his mouthpiece. Now I understand where my dad, when I was growing up, he would buy three cords of unsplit wood every spring. He'd buy three cords. If you don't know, like just giant, pile of wood that was not split. He, and, 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 and he'd say, okay, guys, your job for the summer is to split all that wood. And I was like, really? Like, can, do, they, do they not sell like split wood? There'll be no questions, you know. <laughs> and, and then we saw like a neighbor, he had one of those like hydraulic splitters, you know, you put the thing there and then, and we thought that'd be so, we could get this done so quick. And we're like, dad, dad, we could get one of those hydraulic splitter thingies. And he's like, no, use an ax. So he had his kids with axes all summer, you know, safer to do that. You know why? Probably because our hands were kept busy all summer long. So David is bored and he should have been, he should have been doing something else. He should have been the time when kings are at war. 
He should have been. One commentator, Philip Song, he feels that David failed his duty and really in that moment sinned. Now I'm not gonna say whether it's sin or not, but it was failure. He should have been leading his troop. So his failure led to his first sin, which was lust, that's bad, which led to his second sin, which is adultery, which is worse, which led to his third sin, which is murder, which is worse. I mean, do you understand? Should have been, should have been. I mean, have you ever had something like that in your life where you're like, oh, I should have been there and not there. Just out of place. He's out of place and he was bored. And in that boredom of not doing what he was made for, again, he just falls into all this mess. According to psychology today, with boredom, here's a couple of things you need for boredom. The first thing you need for boredom is a reasonable level of psychological energy, okay? If you're like, don't care, you're not bored, you're just, you're probably gonna take a nap, right? Like you can even be relaxed and like not care, not have energy, be relaxed. But bored people need this, like, I wanna do something. What should we do? What should we do? What should we do? I would, you know, there's something in you that says, I, I got, there's a posted speed limit and I'm not hitting the speed limit. I wanna go eight over and, there, and, you, and, and you can't do it. So you gotta have energy to do it. It's not just tired to be bored, okay? The other thing is you have to have trouble focusing your attention. Like you can be in the airport and there can be people everywhere and TV on and sh shops and things, and, but you just can't focus. So you're like, oh, and you don't think you have enough time to get that done, but you can't. And, and so that, that's something is, as well. You have trouble focusing your attention and then you start to daydream. But when you daydream, you realize how bored you are, which only makes you more upset. They said another thing you need to have is you don't have control, like you don't have control. When I don't have control for how long the airplane delay is, you know, I'm just sitting there, you know, or you're in the waiting room and you're like, come on, come on, you know, or you're in a class that is just womp, womp, and you're like, ah, oh, and you're like, I can't leave. I can't get out of here. You can't control it. So this, it just, it starts to just boil inside of you. And then you start to dislike the objects of your boredom. You dislike travel, you dislike the classroom, you dislike the book you have to read, you dislike this, and this starts to happen. And all of a sudden, these studies have shown that boredom increases drug and alcohol abuse, overeating, depression, anxiety, and it's, it puts you at greater risk of making mistakes because you're bored. See, you were made for a posted speed limit. We were, David was, and we are. And so in this moment, you realize like, I've got to move at the posted speed limit. I've got to get to the speed that is there. Ecclesiastes 5.12 gives an amazing insight into people that are doing something within their posted speed limits, within what they were created for. Ecclesiastes 5.12 says this, people who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much, but the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. Now, I, I don't know the full reason why the rich don't get a good night's sleep. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's because the rich do brain work and not body work. Have you ever noticed, like, you can do brain work and, and, and it is exhausting. Please don't get me wrong. They're like, hey, I manage those accounts and that takes a lot. Of, it does. It does. It takes brain. I get it. I get it. But it's not the same as being physically tired where you're just exhausted. You hit the bed and you're just like, I'm out. I'm done. And so those that do brain work especially need to be very careful in this because there's something about brain work that exhausts you, but then you're not tired enough to go, you're too tired to do anything meaningful, but you're not too tired to go to sleep. 
and you're too vulnerable and you might do something destructive. Be very careful, be very, very careful, those that do brain work, that all of a sudden that remote and the, you know, and then we're in trouble, we're in trouble. But it can be reasonably assumed that people that, you know, work and like are laboring are physically tired and have a sense of accomplishment. That's why I used to say that I like to paint rooms. Now, I don't like to paint anymore, you know, I, I, but I did for a while there because I, I just, I, I had a hard time moving from physical work to brain work as a pastor. And, and so I was like, I wanna paint a room because then I'm tired from doing it and it's done. It's like, ta-da, done. And, and there's a sense of, I can go to sleep now because it's done. And when you do brain work, how many know it's never done? Especially, you know, in ministry, it's just never done. People, we're, we're never done until, you know, the well done. And so you're just, there's, there's just this ability to just kind of stress about it. When we slow down below the posted speed limit, which by the way is six days of work and one day of rest, we're already below the posted limit going five on, two off. That's an American, you know, but really it's, it's, it's six days of work is what the Bible says and one day off and we've got to watch it because if we go below our posted limits, our laziness loosens our morals. That's what happens. Our laziness loosens our morals. So we've got to be realizing that some people are connecting with things they left behind, getting back into old habits and those things that happen. Don't let our laziness loosen our morals. Now, some would say, but, but going fast, that, that's bad too. Um, that's so 2019, all right? You know, that's like way behind us, all right? Like one preacher said this, Christ is a fast walker. Christ is a fast walker. He said, he's moving, he's going, he's on to the next thing, he's going, he's got places to see. You know, when he was on earth, he was going, moving, going, moving, touching, healing, going, moving. And the Bible says like there's, could be volumes of books written about the things that we didn't even write down. That he was going, he was doing. How many times did it say like, he was praying and he was up and then his disciples were like, ah. and he's like, come on guys, I already had three hours of prayer. My father's ready to go. The day's ahead of us, let's go. You know, and, and they're like, okay, okay, we're just catching up. I wanna walk with Jesus at the speed he's walking. I wanna go at the speed he's, and I realize this, God appears many times in the Bible to people that are moving, people that are doing something. Now, they weren't doing something amazing, but they were doing something. I mean, uh, Moses is tending the flocks. Joshua is going around the city. Jacob's in prayer. Gideon is just taking care of the family business on the, you know, threshing. Elijah is plowing. You understand? James and John were fishing. And some of you are like, I'm in on that. You know, just speak to me, Lord. You know, you know think deadliest catch, okay? Like that, okay? They were working, working. And I've had this thought in my mind that God can just kind of nudge people that are working, that are moving, like people that are moving and are in the, he just kind of gives them a little nudge and redirects them where he wants them. But the people in the chairs, he's like, get up, get up, let's go, get up. So get moving. We've got to get back to our posted limit. Now I want to speak to something right now that's very obvious for our church. Our staff has seen this. Um, over the past year, we've picked up um, several families. I, I would even say a fair amount of families. I don't have a real number on it, but we picked up families in our church that came from other churches. And we did not go after these people, and I would categorize these people and, and as on-mission people. They wanted to stay within the posted limits. 
They felt like church was essential service and perhaps the church they were part of went below the, the posted limit. And so they were just looking for a church that was going fast. And I mean, I just have this mind and it's like a confession, but have you ever been like eight over and you're just looking for somebody that's going like 12 over and you get behind them and then, you're, and then there's like eight of you and you're like, I think the last guy's getting pulled over, but not me. I'm tucked in the middle, you know? Okay. Like there were people just looking for the convoy that was going somewhere that realized like, let's go. Now, now, welcome. I want to say welcome and I want to pastor this for a moment. First of all, welcome to the church, but speak well of your former church. We don't disparage any church. Um, we, we are called to run our speed. And if they felt that speed was their speed, that, that's what they have to give account for. We're gonna speak well of every church that preaches the name of Jesus, all right? <laughs> secondly, secondly, if God calls you back, I just have this thought of like giving back the puppy, you know, like if God calls you back and really you're supposed to be there, go back with our blessing, like no harm, no foul. If this was just a seasonal thing, go back with our blessing, okay? But if this is your church and this is your new church family, welcome home, let's run fast. We have a saying around here, fast is as slow as we go. We have things that we wanna get after and we're gonna go after this and we are going to move as fast as we can, fulfilling whatever God has called us to do. Now back to the story and then to us individually and then to us as a church as a whole. Um, Thank God David was confronted after this. If you've not read it in 2 Samuel 12, the, just Nathan, the courage that that man had to stand between God and the king and recognize he's like, God wins, okay? And when he goes and tells this amazing story, you know, little sheep, and David's like, what? The guy is in trouble to that. And he's like, thou art the man, you did it. And, and David repents. I mean, just read it. It's a great, great story. And, and, and David repents and gets a glimpse into the grace and the power that we have today, that when we go outside of our limits, when we drift away, we can come back to the grace of God and get back in the good graces and get right back into the speed that we need to be running at. And I thank God for that. But, but it, David was like a long hauler with this sin. I know he got forgiven, but it was like a long hauler. People talk about COVID and long hauler effects. After this, there's like a long hauler effect that just kind of gets a hold of his family. And it's just not, say, he's not done. There's still great things he needs to do, but there's a new level of, because he went outside the limit and because he did first sin that led to second, led to third, something happened in the family dynamic and it, it just affected him. And I pray against long hauler for us, physically and spiritually, that, that we will get back up to speed and go. I mean, things are coming back. Like just a share that people sending dogs back and cats back because like things are changing. And they're like, oh, whoa, I gotta, I, I gotta get, get back in the speed limit again. Okay, but things are happening. A year ago in May, uh, Beck and I flew to Florida and, and went down there like right in the COVID time, you know, as we're just coming up, I mean, think a year ago, May, we went to the airport, we walk in, we were the only two people in there. I thought they were gonna say, papers, please. You know, and you know, like, where are you going? And, and little did I know a year later, now the paper, you know, anyways, uh, and, and it's, it was, but that was, nobody was there. Now the airports are full. 
they're full. Nobody was in the middle seat. Now they're in the middle seat. Now it's going, it's going so fast. I, I talked at Starbucks the other day. I said, hey, when are you going to open up? Like inside, you know, and they said, well, it's corporate and then each state and then each region and all that. I'm like, all right, I vote yes. Like I, I vote inside, okay? You know, they're like, thanks for sharing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> New York City is reopening. New York City, people are like, oh, oh. Oh, and they've been inside so long. Somebody said, we've been inside for a year. It may take us a year to get back to feeling comfortable again. We don't have a year. Hey, hey, the entrance ramp is only so long, right? When you go out on a freeway, like you're stopped. You only have so much time to get up to speed. And if you don't, you're one of those people. So you got an entrance ramp right now. I mean, and, and this is where, I mean, stadiums are gonna be full. Uh, seven million jobs are open and people aren't filling the jobs. They're like, I kind of like COVID casual. No, you don't. You were made like to have good sleep. You were made to produce. You were made to be on mission. Okay, I could go on and on. Car rentals, good luck in finding one. One guy rented a U-Haul the other day because it was cheaper than a car. So he was at an event and he's like, pulls up in the U-Haul, like a van and like car, he said cars were 280 a day. U-Haul was 49 plus 50 cents a mile. You know, like, like, okay. Hey, you individually, you have gifts. You have gifts. And I want you to hear what Paul said to Timothy. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Get the fire going. Get up to speed. Let's go. I, I, I'm thinking like, why aren't we going fast? Again, we've slowed down, but just using the slow driver things from the, the study that was there, they said one of the biggest things about why people drive slow is they're distracted. They're distracted. You know, you see them, they're, 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 they're texting or they're distracted while they're driving or they're talking. There's some people, and I won't say who they are, but they drive me to the airport and the more I talk to them, the slower we go. So I'm like, don't talk, don't talk. Yeah, like, all right, all right. All right. Uh, so they, they, they slow down, slow down, go fast. All right, so you're distracted. You're distracted, put the phone down. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter and finisher of your faith. Like get your eyes up, let's go. Where's the end zone? Where's the target? Where's the finish line? Get your eyes up and stop being distracted. What has distracted you? Netflix, social media, all the, put it down. Let's focus on what's before us. Another reason why people drive slow is fear. They're afraid. They're just afraid. They're like, ah, the speed, the speed, the speed. And they're afraid to go that fast. Again, that New York City, we're afraid to go out. We're afraid to go out. Ah, we've been so slow, it seems so fast. Have you ever noticed that? Like if you've not been around fast for a long time, also you get around it, you're like, oh, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down, everybody. You know, don't let the fear keep you from doing what God has called you. The parable of the talents, think about that. The guy that gets in trouble, what was his answer? I was afraid. I was afraid of trying to go fast for you and give you a return for the gift you gave me, so I hid it. Wicked servant. Wicked, that's what he said, wicked. Let, don't let fear keep you from moving forward. And I know people are like, afraid, afraid, afraid. And, and I just wanna say this. Some people are not able to jump in they're online, they're all around the world. I'll say something about that in a moment. But there are others that are local. And if you're not afraid to go to a restaurant or you're not afraid to go into work or you're not afraid to go into the health club or you're not afraid to go there, like, welcome home. Come on, let's go, all right. You know, get up to speed, all right. Um, and then uh, under the influence is another reason. 
under the influence. People go slow because they're under the influence. All right? I'm very serious right now. Some of you are under the influence. And I mean this in very sincere. You need to break the chains of alcohol and drugs and, and, and Facebook and, and old flings that you've reacquainted with and, and things that you have dabbled into and you are under the influence of something that is not godly and in Jesus' name, break those chains. In Jesus' name, get back sober-minded. Come to yourself in Jesus' name and get back to the created speed you were made for. Some of us, laziness has settled in and you just, Solomon says, go to the ant, go to the ant. They're always working. Take a look, take a look, get back out and see. C.T. Studd is famous for this saying, only one life twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Show of hands, how many have ever heard that? Here in all the campuses, you heard that? Okay, not a lot of people, all right, yeah. C.T. said, I don't know, I learned that as a, in an early age as a kid, only one life. And, and, and so I just realized, like, that's a great saying. C.T. Studd was, you know what he did? He went to China as a missionary and worked with drug addicts. Then he went to India and pastored for seven years. Then he went to the Congo uh, for 20 more years, even with malaria and snakes. He wrote 200 hymns. He translated the New Testament into their language, and he died in the fast lane at age 70. One life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Get back up to speed. Get back up to speed. I love our online campus has been up to speed. There's been so many people there helping. Do you know that our hosts right now, uh, David and Tabia and Sophie Rowe, they're helping from Germany. Uh, Maris, Maricel uh, is in South Africa and is helping online and is actually going on Global Team Egypt from South Africa. I love that. Ian and Veronica in England. These are people that are hosting. They're from other countries. And they're, doing, they're like, we're in the fast lane. Let's go. Online's cranking. Online's going eight over, ready to go 10 over. Don't pull us over. Don't stop us. All right. Keep the bandwidth coming. All right. Last thing I want to share is to our church. Put this uh, thing on the screen with the bullseye. Remember when I preached this at the beginning of the year and I said, this is our bullseye. Now more than ever. I mean, we wanna see 500 missionaries. We wanna see 20,000 people in our church. We wanna see 40,000 people online. We wanna see 1,000 churches giving a million dollars to kingdom builders. We wanna see $10 million to kingdom Do you understand all the goals that are there? We wanna see all those churches in our network church because we wanna help them. Okay. That's the speed we were created for. That's the speed. If we go too slow, we'll be in trouble. We'll be, we've got to go at the created speed that God has made this church. And it's eight over, all right? There's grace for eight, I, all right. Spiritually, there's grace for eight. I won't assume for your car, but there's spiritually grace for eight. Seriously, come on, let's go at the speed we are made for. Lord, I pray right now that we'd see the danger of going too slow. That's over. We're gonna go fast again in Jesus' name. And I pray that this summer would be like an entrance ramp. Many times summer is like a slump and it feels like people fall away and we've kind of grown used to that. But I pray that summer would be a ramp up time again and we take advantage of this time to get back into battle stations, if you will, back into where we need to be spiritually doing what you've called us to do and, and running at the speed of 500. That's what you called us to do, running at the speed of 500. So I pray that in Jesus' name over our church. 
Help us to avoid the danger of going too slow and live in our created speed. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.